My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Colin. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars. Colin. How was your day today? Good, good. Uh, shout out to the wife because it's her birthday. Happy birthday. She's sitting on the couch like in the corner. <laughs> Happy yep. birthday, Brooke. Mm-hmm. And there's also another uh, Star Wars podcast related birthday today. Maddie B in Houston. He often uh, or sometimes co-hosts us uh, um, on Patreon. Happy and, birthday. Uh, yeah, for sure. And uh, right away, Liam McCallan is in the chat saying, evening one and all. What's up, Liam? Hopefully, we get to uh, meet up with Liam at Star Wars Celebration here coming up mm-hmm. in Europe. And uh, LeBron Fett says, hello, everybody. Liam, LeBron, hello, everyone. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, we are slowly approaching Celebration. We are getting there. Um, it is less than a month now exactly a month away from yep. when i think i get on my plane mm-hmm. so yep, that's uh yeah that's it's wild to think about wild 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 it uh, is wild yeah I mean, yeah before we get started yeah i was gonna say he's very <laughs> excited about this <laughs> yeah i just want to say uh thank you for all the love and support to our awesome patrons starting off with the purple tier we have chris simpson we should be meeting at Celebration. Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Sean Greathouse, and Zach Netzel. On the red tier, we have Fenrir526, Maya Morris, Texas Fader76. And on the black tier, we have Maka Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, and of course, Liam McCallion already in the chat. So thank you very much, everyone, for all the love and support. It's been a great help to the podcast. You've kept us going. And uh, we're going to a celebration due to your support. So thank you very much. Oh, and Evan's on the chat, too. Just mentioned him. What's up? There you go. All right. Well, let's let's dive into the news. Um, for the most part, the news that we've got this week has been stuff kind of circling like around lately. But we personally have not talked about it. Uh, but let's dive into it. For the red carpet premiere, Kathleen Kennedy was not there. Um, according to John Fabra, um, she was under the she she was under the weather. How do we feel about that? Do you think that she was not there on purpose, or do you actually think she was not sick? Um, no, I think she was actually the under the weather. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think she was sick. She just wasn't able to make it because as we. Showed on the podcast, they took a huge group photo with people we didn't even know <laughs> who they actually were. That guy on the right-hand side, if anyone knows in chat who that guy is, let us know. Yeah. I think we still don't exactly know. But yeah, just Bob Liger there is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool to actually see him there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just about everyone was there. Bill Burr was even there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just really cool to see Mercedes Vernado, uh, a.k.a. Sasha Banks. AKA the new name she's going by in the WWE. Not too familiar with it, but yeah, I think she's changed her name. But yeah, it was really cool to see him show up and um, 
really shows you that Star Wars is a huge family. And I love to see it. I love to see all the legacy people show up. It would have been cool if Mark Hamill would have showed up. That would have been kind of nice to see. But Right. Yeah. Because he's been in two two of these projects now. So it's just like, okay. But I've noticed he's been not attending that many Star Wars events lately. Like as much as he used to, which is really weird because he's been to a lot of celebrations in the past and he hasn't he hasn't been to one since twenty seventeen. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah, I kind of regret now not getting his autograph. Yeah. And picture. Because I thought he was just going to keep on coming. Because I, I know I, he went to London and right. he did like a whole kind of panel thing, right? Storytelling thing on yeah. the uh, Star Wars show stage, which was, which is really cool mm-hmm. to see. I want to see all the guys from the previous films just get up and just start talking, almost like they're doing their own podcast on stage. Do you think we'll have our normal, uh, our normal celebration host there. Like, do you think we'll have Anthony Carboni and yeah, for sure. Andy. I'm pretty sure they're yep. showing up. Anthony and Andy don't do the star Wars show anymore. Kristen Baver does, but they still show up to do the actual yes. live show, which I, I love. I appreciate it. I, I love those two. Those yeah. two together have great chemistry. They're magic. Um, Liam asked in the chat on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please uh, like and subscribe comment below. Uh, please Liam is asking was Rosario Dawson there she was there she actually uh, got in uh, Mercedes's picture she had a championship belt and they were actually kind of playing tug of war I think I showed that picture on the last podcast but yeah she was there it's kind of hard to name the people that weren't there Giancarlo Esposito was there Ming-Na Wen was there just about everyone that's been in the Mandalorian aside from yeah. yeah, because Tamar Morrison wasn't there, but Daniel Logan was. I'm not sure if he was or wasn't there. I know Daniel Logan was there. He got interviewed. I um, feel like if it, if Tamara was, then there would have been a picture. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But yeah. 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 I'm not sure if Tamara Morrison is like a working, like a very kind of, usual like working actor you know i don't don't, i'm not quite sure if he has like a lot of projects lined up or anything i think he's just basically doing stuff yeah yeah, kind of maybe enjoying retirement possibly and just doing star wars only um but yeah i hope to see him at celebration well well, i think it might be in aquaman too like yeah yeah Yeah, that's a possibility it's very much a possibility uh but uh but yeah Man, yeah, uh, that 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 first episode of Mandalorian had a lot of story building for the season. It was great, and uh, in the opening shot where it is like the kind of opening credits, it's it's got the logo and and everything like they do for every Star Wars project. We got um, for chapter seventeen, we got the Vader helmet, R two, Fennec Shand, uh, Tie pilot, the. Bogotan helmet, IG-11, the Scout Trooper helmet, the armor, uh, and Dinjarin, and there was no music either for it. And I think... Yeah, which I think is the first. Uh, um, Is it? Oh, wait, hang on. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I really wasn't... I think they did that because they didn't want to, like... I think they jumped into the story right away. And I also liked how the beginning 
kind of went into a very big John Favre Easter egg, which is, you know, uh, which is Tony Stark is like hammering his armor. And, um, and that's what, and in, in a cave, by the way, and that's exactly what the, that's what the armor was doing in, in the beginning of this episode. So I love that Easter egg, but for the no music thing, I don't think that's a big deal. I think it just kind of fit in with this episode in particular that they were kind of jumping back into it and they want, they wanted you to be immersed as possible. Uh, Liam says, am I right saying they show two episodes at the premiere? Yes. Yes, they did. The big, um, the big, Big saying right now about the second episode is that it's a very big episode. It's very important. Uh, it's 42 minutes of actual screen time, which is great. I am very excited for it. And then uh, Pedro Pascal kind of hinted at that something big happens to him. I know some people are thinking it's going to be like a like a thing where it's going to be like, oh, he's going to be a Skywalker because one of his limbs is going to get chopped off or something. I hope they don't go that route. That would suck. But That's what I thought. I thought, man, <laughs> Bo-Katan is going to chop something off of Din. Yeah. And we're going to see mayhem. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see uh, in this week's episode. Yeah. Which comes out every single week on Wednesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Pacific Time, 12. So, so Bad Batch and The Mandalorian Season 3 release simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. The Bad Batch will be going until March 29th. Uh, and then we'll just have a couple of episodes left after that of The Mandalorian. And April 5th and April 12th, will be the same kind of week span um, from celebration. And that's really funny because April 5th is the day that uh, is that most of us are hopping on a plane to go to London. And then April 12th is the day where most of us are going back, which is kind of funny. See, I'm thinking they're going to show that penultimate episode in London. So we'll get to see the episode before we get the finale. The, the week love- after that. I would love that. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to jump that hurdle of uh, winning that lottery there, Colin. So don't remind me. <laughs> don't remind me, please. Uh. So yeah, going back to the fanfare, I'm really kind of wondering about this, and I I've not read anything or heard anyone talk about this, but who designed this? Who came up with this idea? And what is the reasoning behind the different helmets that they show? Because in the Mandalorian. It was a kind of interesting because they started off with Vader. And they kind of continued that um, with R2 Fennec, a TIE pilot, which is kind of random, and which is what I cosplay as uh, in the 501st. Uh, Bo-Katan, IG-11, a scout, which kind of fits. It was kind of at the end, famously played by Jason Sudeikis. Uh, the Armored, and then Din Djarin. So what's the rhyme or reason behind this? Is it just randomized or I I I think it is because when we get the bad batch, it's got characters from from the bad batch on there. Uh yeah. fun fact about the 501st, because you just brought it up. Um, it's officially been uh six years since I've been a member of the 501st, which like really kind of puts my um kind of uh Star Wars kind of life in perspective. 
because I joined um, in 2018. And, and it was shortly after Star Celebration, I talked to David and then David kind of helped me um, kind of get in, in the right direction. And then in a way I helped David because he was like, oh, wait, OK, cool. And then David jumped on the bandwagon and it was right before Star Celebration 2019, right? Or like was right, it well, right after 2017 when we yeah. met, because I think yeah. we talked about it. We're like, hey, are you yeah. in the 501st? Are you in the 501st? And we're like, no, right. you probably should join. <laughs> and then going to it and then seeing all these 501st members. And we met the founder, Alvin Johnson, yeah. right outside the bash, I believe. That was so cool. Yeah, he was like really super busy. We took a picture with him and he was like, okay, I got to go, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. I ran into him at Disney Springs when I think I went to Disney World for uh, May, F- May the Force Be With You. Yeah. May the Force Be With You. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, man, it's such a blur. <laughs> It's so wild. Um, I was going to mention something else. I think I just forgot exactly what I was going <laughs> to mention. Well, um, when you're thinking about that, uh, also in the opening of Chapter 17, um, the kid who played uh, the the Tuscan kid and the Poke Boba Fett, and then who you see... Um, uh, the the foundling in the in chapter seventeen and the beginning of this episode of where the armorer puts on the helmet on uh, on him and everything that is Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, uh, which if I was his age I would be soaking all of this in I would be able to look back at me like I was part of a Star Wars project I was I was part of the Tusken Raiders I was also Mandalorian I'm in Star Wars. This is the dream. I can't even imagine of, I mean, and it's just like uh, Jake Lloyd of playing Anakin Skywalker and then going back to school and being like, hey, look, like it's, I remember being that age and that's all I wanted to do. And I love like that kid is living his Star Wars life. I love that so much. And it's, you know, it's crazy that he's the nephew of, of Jimmy Kimmel as well. Yeah, this is actually part of our corrections here. I think I I said that he was Jimmy Kimmel's son. Yeah, he's actually his nephew. Yep. And he was actually cast in the Book of Boba Fett to play the young Tuscan boy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's actually a veteran now of Star Wars. And the interesting thing was John Favreau was on Jimmy Kimmel this past week and he talked about the fact that he didn't know that Wesley Kimmel was Jimmy Kimmel's nephew. So he was like trying to search him out. He's like, where is he? And once he found him, he was like, oh, okay. And he mentioned to Jimmy Kimmel that Robert Rodriguez cast him because of his martial arts background. And Jimmy Kimmel's like, uh, he I don't think have he a had a martial yeah. arts background. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So we don't know if that's true or were they just making some type of joke or what. But I mean, yeah. he's in. So he's he is a foundling. And I just can't get over the fact that that helmet that was being created by the armor at the beginning of chapter 17, the Ponte. Yeah. And by the way, these are all spoilers here. So when that was being created, I think all of us as an audience really kind of were thinking, oh my gosh, what is she creating? Is she creating a helmet for Grogu? Is she creating maybe like the new pram we see that Grogu flies around on? Uh, but no, it was a helmet. And, the thing that struck me was like the thickness of the visors, like really thick, which 
is what all the kids helmets are in stores right now they're like really thick yeah and that's what's always deterred me from buying them because they just don't look like a typical mandalorian helmet well that helmet in particular looked like the hasbro very early on like i'm talking yes. about um kind of like in the early two like at, at the end of the early 2000s into the 2010s of when they had the Popa fat helmet come out and everything because that was the first thing i that popped in my head and then when we had uh the bad batch breakdown and i asked um uh hunter star and christian and josh and all of them like the uh like of their like main type of their main thoughts of the episode. That was like the first thing that uh, a couple of them said was like that helmet is a reminder of what, you know, uh, of what came out all those years ago. And it, and the, the visor threw me up too. Yeah. So no, like I, 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 I thought that was great. I thought the whole c ceremony was great. Uh, and then in the scripture after, um, so after Din Djarin, like, saves them and then all the mandalorians give him like the side eye being like hey what the heck are you doing here um he walks into her and in, into the armor's cave and puts down the scripture um of of like the kind of myth uh um about the planet mandalore and everything and it's actually taken out of the bible um it's yeah. it's from the old testament which was very very interesting uh I I think they're going the religious route this season because if you, you know, if you watch these past episodes of The Mandalorian, he even says, you know, having these weapons is part of my religion. They look at this um, uh, of his culture of being a Mandalorian as a religion. And I think we're definitely going to dive deeper into what being a Mandalorian is about this season and and why it's important to the different clans of not taking off their helmets or taking off their helmets. And I think we're definitely going to get more into the political side of the Mandalorian people as well. And hopefully we actually get more on Tar Vizsla and more about the Darksaber. I think just a, just a history lesson episode would be awesome of, of just learning a lot about you know just the entire culture i think it'd be great yeah it does feel like they didn't spare much expense for chapter three looking at all the trailers and the space battles and all the cgi that they put into it but yeah that's, for season three yeah. yeah yeah so yeah star wars the beauty of what they've been doing is they pull from different religions different myths and this is um, kind of classic Star Wars here, pulling from the book of Exodus from the Bible. And mm -hmm. specifically, as chapters on Moses, because I think it's Exodus is about the basically the story of Moses and how he leads the people from rule under the Egyptians and is like the leader. And what kind of foreshadowing that has, I'm not quite sure. Maybe they're alluding to the fact that Din Djarin is going to lead mandalore out of of the funk that they're in maybe uniting the children of the watch and then the other sect of mandalorians that can take their helmets off and a lot of people i think have been talking about the fact that maybe after this season 
Din Djarin will be taking his helmet off more, even though it does benefit yeah. Yeah. the actor Pedro Pascal to keep the helmet on so he could do other work and just do the voiceover stuff. And because we all famously now know that there's two other people in the suit, uh, one primarily for martial arts and the other one for just inhabiting the suit and giving off that swagger that uh, I think people have said that Brendan Wayne loves to do. I think there's something else that I think people think of when that happens is like, oh, if he takes the helmet off, he's never going to wear it again, which is no, because he's going to wear his helmet during battle. He'll definitely wear his helmet when he's on the go. It's just during the important scenes, he can, you know, take it off and you can see the beautiful face of Pedro Pascal. And I just think that, uh, that a lot of people were thinking, well, once he takes the helmet off, it's never coming back on. It's like, no, he'll just take it off during the important parts because during battle and all that stuff, he'll definitely have it on. They can still have the stunt doubles doing all that stuff. I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. And they could do a thing where he wears it just predominantly off of just habit really, you know, and just doesn't take it on because he just prefers to wear it because it's kind of probably feels like a part of him. They could go that route if they go the route of changing his religion and saying, well, I don't have to wear it. So you can be on the show more. True. So, yeah, the other interesting aspect of this first episode, the apostate for the Mandalorian season three is the fact that they addressed Cara Dune, which yeah. I didn't think they were going to mention her at all because I don't, I don't think you really have to, but they went ahead and did it. And if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, you can see right there the caption state after she brought in Moff Gideon, she was recruited by special forces, which I think made a lot of people chuckle. And <laughs> because if you're in our bubble, you know exactly what happened with right with Gina Carano and her situation and that she's probably never going to be back in Star Wars, but there's always a chance she might come I, back. I... I think something that's great though is like they just didn't say, "Oh yeah, she was in a she was in a shuttle crash and it blew up," and they just didn't kill her off. Like they, I think they, you know, did it in a great way where it's like she's still there, but she's not there. And I and for a character like that, that was a fan favorite for two seasons. I think that's the best way you're going to be able to send a character off like that. Uh, could they recast her in the future? Probably. Are they going to? Probably not. I. How would you feel if they recast her character entirely? I would feel okay with it. I think the popular suggestion was maybe get Lucy Lawless in there, okay. who is kind of a professional actress. Uh, but I think she's also kind of like in a retirement phase. But um, she does more or less kind of resemble Gina Carano. But um, it's just kind of one of those things. It really doesn't matter to me what they do with that character. But I think during this time is when everything went down with Gina Carano getting released. And this is probably dialogue that was kind of added in, kind of like spur of the moment type situation. And they weren't sure what they were going to do with the Rangers of the New Republic because reports came out that that show was going to be kind of led by... Cara Dune and possibly Harris and Dula. So yeah. yeah, it's just one of those kind of by the seat of your pants, try to address it 
and just kind of move on. But it wouldn't really bother me if they recast. Um, I think either or recast her or or just maybe have her come back. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's it's um, it's kind of a political social situation. So I yeah. don't know. It's it's just a thing that exists now in the Mandalorian. And I felt mm-hmm. like uh, Gina Carano was actually her acting was getting better the more and more episodes she was doing. I think in the episode, The Believer, I thought that was her best acting so far. And I thought, okay, well, she's kind of coming along. She, to me, was almost like the female version of Dave Batista. how Dave Batista oh, okay. started out kind of small with yeah. not a lot of lines and kind of grew and grew and grew. Now Batista's a really good actor. Yeah. He, um, he's shockingly good. In, he's come a long way. In Blade Runner 2049, there was like an internet kind of episodic adventure to take before you saw the movie and his acting was just incredible it yeah. it it'll really shock you when when you if you want if you go ahead and watch that online it's somewhere online it's probably in special features as well for the blade runner disc but yeah yeah i wanted to go back to uh something that uh evan brought up um he says why does din wear his helmet after he was banished uh, Denny's saying he's the one that if he takes it off, he can't put it back on. I think that's just Din Djarin trying to kind of atone by just simply wearing it. I mean, yeah. And being respectful in front of the armor. <laughs> I think he feels guilty. I think that's a big thing. And again, this will be that adjustment um, type of period for Din. Because I think he's going to be like, well, you know what? I don't... Um, there's all these clans. There's all these different things. I think it's going to be okay if I don't go back the way. And I'm still a Mandalorian. I don't think it's like for all the people that he runs into and they're just like, I've seen Mandalorians take off their helmet. It's not that big of a deal. But then you see it's a big deal to him. I think that's definitely that that feeling is going to change. And I think that's what's going to unite the other clans. And I could yeah. definitely see him by the end of this being the ruler of Mandalore. Do people want that? Probably not. But I think that's the direction that it's going into. Um, uh, because Din definitely has a good head on his shoulders. Uh, he has grown up a lot since season one. And he is no longer just that normal bounty hunter. He is on the move. Um, he is searching for more. He's got someone to actually take care of that he, you know, he cares about a lot. And again, this is also also kind of real. This is also kind of like a real life thing. But when you have a kid, your whole perspective um, changes. Uh, and I think that's what happened to Din Djarin when he's like, OK, I am like officially taking care of Grogu. Like he is pretty much my son. So I am going to do everything in my power to do the right thing. And I think going forward, I think he's going to see being the ruler of these people um, is going to be, you know, the right thing to do. And we've definitely seen him. Um, we've seen some of his leadership skills. And I think going out and and, and asking for help and, and stuff like that, like that shows, you know, a lot of strength. Because sometimes asking for help is a very hard thing to do. And Din Jaren doesn't hesitate with that. Um and especially during tough situations. 
So I think that he would be a great leader of Mandalore. And I and if they go that direction, that's great. If they just have him being a loner with Grogu for the rest of his life, that's fine too. But yeah. Yeah, if you look at the picture now on YouTube um, that I have, of, I didn't even notice there was an off-world Jawa right there off to the right of that pole. They kind of blend in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Crash Test Wookie says uh, it might be out of habit that he keeps the helmet on. Uh, Liam says uh, I'm glad they covered it off, and that's and that's it ended. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they did it as gracefully as possible. Uh, other people were thinking, yeah, it would have been kind of a uh, not the best choice to maybe kill her off. I mean, you could definitely kill her off off screen, but I think yeah. her being Recruited by special forces was probably the best way to go. And Maka, one of our black tier patrons, is in the chat. What is up, man? Thanks for all the support. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Chris Bartlett. Uh, he was the protocol droid. Yeah, uh, and I got to meet him at celebration. Here's our picture. <laughs> yep. Uh, and he's also been a guest on the podcast as well he's a super super nice guy i'm so glad that um that he has a lot going on for him especially in all these star wars shows uh we um if you go back on our past episodes you can definitely hear like his uh his kind of history of being in the 501st and the rebel legion and everything and then kind of working his way up to where he is now but he is very very successful and to me, I think the most important thing is that he enjoys what he does, and he's a Star Wars fan, enjoying what he does. So, awesome, awesome thing for him. Again, super nice guy. I believe it was our Andor hype episode that he was on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So go and check that episode out if, if if you haven't yet. But yeah, so that was super cool to see him on there. So yeah, I think he's one of the actors now, along with like Misty Rosas and Leilani Shu, that are always in the Mandalorian. Yeah, in like the Book of Boba Fett, all those all those shows that she yeah. at Manhattan Beach Studios, probably also in Ahsoka. But the, but they can't just come out and say yes, I'm in these shows because they have to sign NDAs. Right. But I was pretty sure that he was at least the school teacher in the school for Chapter 17 yeah. of Mandalorian season three. And um, he released this uh, on here. So that Copper Droid, uh, whose actual name is C-O-P-R or Copper, is a brand new protocol droid in the Outer Rim or Star Wars The Mandalorian. Copper serves Grief Karga as his right hand on the planet Navarro. You'll also find the White Tourism Droid. Uh, some have speculated is K-3PO from the era of the Rebel Alliance, but it's more likely that she is just another the same run of droids i'm the actor performing both characters and i can't wait for you to see the upcoming episodes richer stories and deeper themes cheers to our makers john favreau and dave filoni and to you our audience for watching so it's fantastic he is basically all the droids you see, all yeah. the protocol droids that are walking around they're like mm -hmm. okay chris time to get in this suit time to get in that suit but yeah, I heard someone mention the fact that that uh, that ebony colored droid is a more expensive droid to purchase, and it kind of shows the growth of Navarro and that, that yeah. settlement that Grief Karga is the high magistrate on. I and also like how his droids touch. are. Um, uh, I I'm sorry. I I love how his eyes are green. 
uh, I thought that was a cool touch because yeah. you normally see them being yellow or red, and you really don't see that many green eyed droids. So that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and we did get the Anzellians um, in this episode. I didn't think it was going to be episode one, but I'm really glad that we did. We didn't see Babu Frick in this one, uh, which most likely we'll see that larger shot that we saw at Celebration where all of them are are, are where they were all working on something. Yeah. Uh, but the actress, uh, Shirley Henderson, did all the voices. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we did get Babu Frick in the actual episode, but all the Enzellans were voiced apparently by Shirley Henderson, who, of course, oh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you see that she played Moaning Myrtle in Chamber Harry Secrets Potter. And the rest of the Harry Potter movies. It's crazy. It's crazy so, to think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I, I like the fact that they brought her back. And one of the big highlights from the Rise of Skywalker film was, I think, Babu Frick and, and the voice yes. acting that she provided. And it's just very Star Warsy to see all those puppets and then the puppets kind of interacted with each other. And of course, Grogu gave that big hug to one of the Anzellans. And I think yeah. that was that was definitely a moment. And uh people have screenshotted that and posted that and, and memed it, and it's pretty much everywhere. So yeah. I'm happy that they brought back those guys, and it's cool that they're kind of droid builders and, and like super technical. And um, kind of a part, they play another part and another kind of beloved aspect of Star Wars. And we'll probably get to see them more. I I, I don't think this is the last we see of those. Characters. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, and then uh, you wanted to change your initial rating for this episode to. Yeah, after. After watching it again, I watched it a couple of times, kind of interrupted because I had to do other things. But sometimes this happens to me. I, I'll I'll listen to people's judgment yeah. and their critique, and I'm like, I have to tell myself, okay, am I overreacting? Am I underreacting? But I really love Chapter One, and and I know you have. People will come out and say this is the weakest of the openings for the yeah. three seasons. But I mean, it's still a great opening. These and, and for characters me personally, are established now. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like, yeah, it was reassurement to me that okay, the Mandalorian is back. They're doing Star Wars the way I love to see Star Wars done in a TV show. And of course, you can't really take nothing away from from the very first episode of season one and the very first episode of season two, which we all say was like a mini Mandalorian film with the introduction of Cobb Vanth. And then at the end where we got to get the reveal that Boba Fett was alive yeah. and well. And then we got the huge crate dragon scene. And to me, I, I think I'm moving my my rating from an eight to a nine for the apostate because for me personally, it's a nine because all the puppets, the storytelling, um, the fact yeah. that we got the connective tissue to rebels and they're starting to drop little hints here and there that, Hey, look, we're moving to something that 
all the hardcore fans know about in the Purgles and the Space Wells, and that we're going to lead up to Ahsoka, which is coming yeah. out. That hopefully at Celebration London, we're going to get some type of like really cool trailer. I think we will. I would be surprised if they didn't drop the trailer for for Ahsoka or a teaser for Skeleton Crew. And we'll probably even have like a teaser trailer for the show Acolyte. I um I think one big thing about chapter 17 uh for Mando was it hit a lot of the Star Wars boxes for me. We we got a space battle. We traveled to different planets. We learned more about the Mandalorian culture, including more world building and i think that's some of the great things about star wars did we get any lightsaber action no and that's totally fine with me we don't need to you know check that box every single time but i think we got the main star but we wars. know we will yes we definitely will but we definitely um got the main star wars vibe um checks off for this episode in my opinion and just seeing the Naboo Starfighter, you know, in battle again is awesome. It's it's so cool. And I think one of my favorite moments from any new Star Wars project is that scene from the Book of Boba Fett where he goes to Beggar's Canyon and he and and he actually does the test drive for it. And you hear the engine, you know, going off and 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 him just hitting the speed and going right next to the ramp of where Anakin crashed all those years ago through it. And it's just, it's chef's kiss, chef's kiss. I loved it so much. Uh, Liam says some of the people I know rated chapter 17 lower, but haven't watched rebels. And I think that's why, well, I don't think the, I don't think the purgles were that large, like part of like, I mean, I don't think that people were like, oh my gosh, like it's it's Star Wars Rebels, it's the Space Wheels. I think it was a nice nod to what's coming. And I think it's them being like, hey, don't worry. You know, just wait until Ahsoka. You know, it's going to be live action Rebels pretty much. Uh, and I think that was just a solid, like a nice touch. I don't think it was, this is going to be you know, very important this season of The Mandalorian. I, I I think it was just a nice hint to what's to come. And I don't think it really has to... I don't think you need to know what happens in Star Wars Rebels to, you know, be like, oh, you know, it's, it, it's the space whales because not everyone knows the actual names of them. But I think that going forward, I think they'll drop more subtle hints to Rebels this season. And then this show will lead directly into Ahsoka. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And I got a feeling that Ahsoka will end up having another cameo in, in, of this season. Probably Boba Fett when he goes to Tatooine. I would be surprised if we didn't get some type of Luke Skywalker cameo. Just going forward, uh, there's just going to be a lot going on. I'm really, I'm really intrigued for this next episode, though. Because apparently, you know, there's a lot that happens. So I'm really, really, really curious of what the, all the hype's about. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, when I first learned of Space Whales, I immediately went back to Attack of the Clones when he had those flying whales on Kamino. Yeah. And I saw the concept art, I think, before Attack of the Clones. 
and they were mentioned as flying whales in in the uh, uh, Camino atmosphere, and they could go underwater. And I was like, "Wow, that's that's a crazy concept." But it's uh, it's interesting that there are creatures that big that resemble whales that can actually yeah. fly in space as well. And they have a a pretty huge part in Star Wars history. If you uh, go back and look at um, that particular species history in star wars they're responsible for figuring out the hyperspace lanes and making those safe to travel through so that's really interesting um we have katie sackoff that also said that everyone's going to lose their minds over the season um yeah yeah here's I, the picture where uh <laughs> yeah she kind of was asked that question and uh I'm excited, man. I'm really excited because I'm I'm glad so that we're potential. back in that vibe. Like it's <laughs> it's it's so great. I I I love I love the Star Wars vibe. I remember after we did our kind of hype episode like right before, you know, chapter 17 came out and then I think James was like, "Oh, shoot, it's out." And it was like 10 minutes early and then we all hopped off. I just remember I was like I was like Oh, let's go! Like, cause like I, I, I just had that kind of heart beating experience of being like, oh my gosh, it's back, it's back, Star Wars mode. Here we go, here we go. And I just remember sitting in front of the couch and just kind of having that feeling of back when the show first came out back in 2019. Uh, that was awesome. That was yeah, awesome. I, I just feel like the Mandalorian is peak Star Wars. I was on the Countdown City Geek Cast. A Mandalorian review show and uh, one of the listeners asked the question what is uh, you guys favorite Star Wars thing or Star Wars film TV show and I gotta say man at this point it's the Mandalorian for me I had to think really long and hard thankfully I was like the, the sixth person to answer so I had a lot of time to think about it because I mean of course I love the original trilogy that's the basis for everything that we know today and has inspired so many filmmakers and actors to do what they do today. But living throughout the eighties and nineties and having just the original trilogy and always dreaming and wondering how could you continue on star Wars? It almost seemed like an impossibility to me because star Wars, the original trilogy was like perfection to me. It's like, how could you get, funner than that and we had of course the rest of hollywood trying to duplicate the success of star wars but nobody really could i'd always jump to different franchises like star trek and many others that just could not duplicate what star wars did and it was it was so confusing to me it's like once i saw the original trilogy on vhs i was asking my dad i was like okay where's the next thing and to me personally, I really didn't get it until we got Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings for high fantasy and the way he successfully created those movies. So I fell in love with those as well. But I mean, yeah. so many years in between, I was looking for the next Star Wars and it just never came. So we essentially waited for Star Wars to come back. I'm glad that I was born during the time that I was because I didn't have to wait like that long. <laughs> and re lucky little kid (laughs) right right yeah and re 
eventually the Sith came out on my birthday and I was, I, I, I was stoked. I was so excited going into the theater, definitely walked out crying because of everything that happened in the movie. But I just remember, um, right before we went to the movie, they, uh, I, I I don't know how McDonald's didn't have the deal, but but Burger King did, where they had like the Star Wars toys, and I remember getting a Yoda bobblehead, and and but I was like, all right, are you ready? And I was like, shark, like I I'm I'm so pumped, and I just I just remember sitting there with my dad and my older brother, and we were, uh, I I I I was like, this is this is peak Star Wars. It can't get better than this, and here we are, years later, we have so many Star Wars projects. And I, I will say now it's crazy to think about like, like all, all the kids now where they don't have to really wait for all these Star Wars projects. They can just turn on Disney plus and almost every single thing is on there um, for, for watching. There's so many hours of, of content that, that people can watch. And it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, and I think that's the beauty of Star Wars is that it's, because the galaxy is so broad, it's so massive. Yeah. The story will never end. There will always be Star Wars there. I don't think one day they'll be like, all right, that's it. We're done. It's like, no, you, you can't do that with a massive galaxy like Star Wars because there's so many characters. There's so many, you know, different planets and storylines that they can explore. And it's, it's crazy and the fact that it's beyond the project that that george lucas you know came up with is is incredible and it's just the story that keeps on giving it's the gift that keeps on giving and i don't think it will ever end um and that's kind of what the mandalorian is it's a gift to the audience it's um uh it's it's the same but it's not the same uh mm -hmm. and i think they nailed it where it where yeah it's not every episode we're seeing r2d2 or luke skywalker or chewie or anything but we're in the same universe we know what's happening during the same timeline and then we're also getting you know luke skywalker here and there and then we're also getting stuff from clone wars and rebels and and just kind of adding on to my generation of uh, of star wars and that's just something that everyone truly wants in a franchise where they feel that it's the same, but it's different at the same time. And I know it's kind of weird to say, but that's the best way to describe it. Because if you just had a copy and paste of what you have had before, then it won't be good. Right. Because if you look at the live action Lion King, um, well, sorry, live action is very broad because there was only one live action shot in that film, but the, but the Lion King remake um, compared to the original it's pretty much a copy and paste of that, but it's just in a different animation and, right. and, and, and w w with different voice actors. That's really what that was and what they're doing with the journey. And I think that's what they need to do with other projects. And there's a chance that they're going to be doing that with Lord of the Rings coming up, not, you know, rings of power, but with some of the characters that Peter Jackson, you know, brought to life from this this awesome and well-written book series of lord of the rings the hobbit some of the marion like there's so much content that they can do and bringing in the original creator of the films 
is a smart idea, just depending on how they do the characters. But again, if they don't do you know a copy and paste of what they did in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and everything we've seen live action, I think it will be fine. Um, but just having the continuation of these stories is what really, really uh, matters in the long run. And that's what they're doing with The Mandalorian, and they're doing a great job with it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you brought brought up the whole kind of different types of of media and different types of shows for the larger grander story. We just got Andor and now we got The Mandalorian, the two different styles of show. Both are great. And I, I think recently there's been people online saying The Mandalorian is better than Andor and Andor is better than The Mandalorian. It's like, well, I mean, in my mind I really don't have them competing. I I kind of really like to love both of them you know and it, it's it's very interesting and i think it's what we want different creators to play in the sandbox at a star wars and andor has had a huge impact we got andy circus back we got diego luna coming back yeah and i really think this second season of andor is going to be spectacular and there's going to be a whole lot more connective tissue and it might have been really wise strategically the way that Disney and Lucasfilm decided to release Andor because I think they knew that it wasn't going to get the viewership that series like The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, which is the most watched show on Disney Plus to, I think, everyone's surprised. Um, so this, this second season of Andor should be epic. I don't think I got your thoughts, Colin, on uh, Gorian Shard. What did you think of his character? The pirate? Yeah. Uh, I thought his design was cool. I uh, his introduction was very short and vague, but I think once we get to know the character more, I think that would be great. I think if you know that episode of where maybe he is the one attacking Navarro, that would be a great way to bring in Hondo Onaka and then honda man you really and... want hondo in there don't you we really want hondo man <laughs> i i and honestly i think hondo deserves to be live action on the screen we've got him at you know a galaxy's edge that's great that's wonderful but seeing him uh kind of be his rival or or maybe we see him be um this guy's first mate and then he creates uh um a mutiny and then somehow he takes over and then you see that maybe carrying into the skeleton crew and you just see kind of Hondo traveling through the galaxy. Maybe that's how, you know, we get that connection in skeleton crew. Uh, but live action Hondo, I think that's the way to go. And I think maybe that's the way to introduce him is through this guy. And I thought his design was really great. I, uh, he's very swampy. He looks, you know, kind of like Davy Jones in a way. And I just thought his design was very obscure and, you know the obscure characters in star wars is the way to go and yeah I think yeah that him attacking navarro is coming up next yeah very clone wars esque yeah. type villain and for him to pop up like that was was kind of cool and his design was kind of unique too and the fact that i think to see that type of design in star wars is interesting but i think they pulled from very and of different sources and the first reaction i had to him which i don't think a lot of people had this reaction but he reminded me a lot of pizza the hut from spaceball i've seen that yes <laughs> yes very kind of like angular shape to the head 
yeah. and like the mouth is kind of like the same kind of just like slit. I don't and, think we uh, have the species name yet either for him. <laughs> but so yeah, and Swamp Thing was an X because I looked at the nose and then like the the growth of it looks like plants. I don't know, but uh, and then the red eyes, and then I think two people actually had to portray the character. There was a person in the suit, and then there was a voice actor as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Liam says, Pizza the Hut. Mob Rules, who's a uh, brand new uh, patron, uh, says, uh, Space Thing. And Liam wants a uh, Hondo, just like you do, Colin. <laughs> so uh, going back to the comments here. Um, I know someone was asking what our predictions are. Evan was uh, what our predictions are for the next episode. I think it's going to be without knowing anything. I didn't see any of the spoilers on Twitter. We Same thing that the people that got to watch it. Um, and they spoiled the episode apparently, but uh, I know nothing about chapter 18 of the Mandalorian season three, but it feels like it's going to be a very heavy Bo-Katan episode. And yes. I think we're going to be in the minds of not Moria, but Mandalore. And I think we're definitely going to learn more about the culture and what it truly means to be a Mandalorian in this next episode. And I think we are definitely going to explore um, an, an, a new side of the Mandalorian people uh, that we've never seen before. And we've definitely got a lot of you know, a lot of time with the Mandalorians from the Clone Wars to Rebels to the the to the actual show. So if you want to learn more about the Mandalorian people, just check out Clone Wars, check out Rebels. There's a lot of um, a lot of episodes that involve the people of Mandalore. You actually spend time on the planet in the Clone Wars a lot. And you also do spend time in rebels but not inside the actual capital uh in rebels but honestly go and check it out um no it is not called the minds of mandalore i don't think we have a name of the episode yet do we i think it's called the minds of mandalore is it <laughs> I think is it so. really oh yeah i think it is i don't think they dropped the episode name yet okay interesting well, I don't think they've dropped the episode name yet either, but I think it kind of leaked out. Oh, okay. And, okay. and I well, think uh, Galactic Transmissions made a post on it. Oh, uh, okay. Long ago. All right. Well, and I think we posted it on our Facebook as well. Yeah. Right afterwards. Uh, I, I, I do want to give a shout out to Galactic Transmissions because they've been killing it, man. Like, um, uh, I we started following them when they first started and their community has grown so much like they're crushing it with the news and everything every week so if you don't follow galactic transmissions go follow them and also follow all star wars like they're also great with the content too um i love mike he's a great guy um uh he has been doing this for a very long time uh all the way since the last jedi i believe and they love doing what they do and their work you know their work shows it so go and check them out like fan, fantastic people. Yeah, it's looking through. So, 
Yeah, Galactic Transmissions is reporting that Episode 2, Minds of Mandalore, runs for 42 minutes. And that was the other thing I wanted to talk about as far as Chapter 17 goes, the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. Everyone kind of moaned and groaned that it was like super short, but it was so jam-packed, it almost didn't matter that it was like in the 20 range of actual footage. So that was another kind of impressive feat, I thought, for this opening chapter of this third season. So... I mean, this this episode was just terrific. And from what everyone's saying about the second episode of this season, that it's better than the first episode. I'm just so hyped. I'm just like overhyped right now. I, I wanted it in my veins already. <laughs> so Tim Seitz from uh, Facebook, who uh, often contributes on our Facebook page, um, is talking about... Gorian Shard, and he says uh, he's Dagobah, the Swamp Thing, <laughs> which which I can totally see. So, and yeah, thanks Tim for all the contribution over the years online. I I haven't been able to thank you enough for for everything that you've done for uh, the Facebook page and group. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about uh, was. The fact that Freddie Prince Jr. kind of jumped in the news. And, of course, we all know he's uh, married to Sarah Michelle Gellar, who uh, was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which all that footage is flying around the Internet now of uh, 20-something Pedro Pascal being in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Which is interesting to see him, like, super, super young. Um, but... Um, James is actually the person that kind of brought this story to our attention. And I got some video that I'll play right now of, I believe it's a TikTok that was made of. Uh, yeah. He, and he, he, he doesn't, he just doesn't care anymore. And I think it's, 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 it's kind of funny. He's like, yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, I'll play I'm that. Get in trouble. Go ahead. I'll play that right now. Yeah. I don't know if people know this, maybe I'm not allowed to say this, but I don't care anymore. Um, he directed that scene in rogue one where well basically the whole end of the movie where vader comes through and is like and you see basically the what's going to happen in a new hope he directed all that he also recast darth vader they had cast another actor and they they asked dave to watch the movie to see what he thinks and i remember him going well you got some of the buttons wrong some of the lighting wrong and uh <laughs> why'd you hire an italian and they go what do you mean and they go, how'd you know we hired an Italian? He goes, well, Darth Vader doesn't talk with his hands, but this one clearly does. Oh, <laughs> no. That's pretty wild, man. Yeah. He just doesn't care anymore. Uh, because I remember him call, um, uh, a couple of years back where he just really called out like Star Wars altogether, where he was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just done. I'm, I'm done with everything. And, and, and he talked about like the, um, of the way that the force works and stuff like that. And I love Freddie Prince Jr. But I just think that it's why um, it's just wild to me that he just doesn't care anymore. Well, I don't think it's really a big deal. I mean, if he says something like that, I mean, it's yeah. Uh, Ro Rogue one is the one star Wars project that a lot of stuff happened behind the scenes, a lot of shifting, a lot of who knows what type of situations happen because we all know that Gareth Edwards didn't direct most of it or a chunk of it. 
I mean, it depends on who you speak with because Tony Yolroy stepped in and rewrote part of it and directed part of it. And then Freddie Prince Jr. now is saying that Dave Filoni directed that hallway scene or the end of the movie. It's it's just kind of wild. And I know Dave Filoni hasn't been directing a lot of live action stuff. And it's it's so interesting that he pointed out like the lighting was wrong, the buttons were wrong. That's such a Dave Filoni thing to do. But it's uh it's interesting that that we got that. And I always kind of wonder like what other stuff is gonna eventually pop up here. And yeah. and it's it, it's so interesting because I mean we've talked about it so much because Star Wars will release like a box set of stuff and we'll get stuff that we've never seen behind the scenes features that we've never seen before. And it's like, where did this come from? Yeah. I just can't even imagine what all the archives and all the warehouses they have at Skywalker ranch are like, I know, um, I know a couple of people on the, uh, on different gaming um, companies have been able to go to the warehouse and, see different things because for the for for ea star wars they actually have the chance to go to the warehouse and check things out and we've seen the star wars show go over there and see some very like you know actual props used uh i think i think that would be great um to see more behind the scenes because i remember watching the light and magic documentary and just seeing that you know all that footage that we've never seen before and i'm so glad that they were smart back in the day and filmed a bunch of that. I think that was such a smart idea because it's great for us Star Wars fans that weren't there to live it. And now we have the chance to kind of see it through their eyes. And I, I, I think that was remarkable. Uh, Din Djarin with Grogu over at Galaxy's Edge in Florida. Yeah. And I have a picture of you with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was wild i uh, i remember coming into work and it was like oh cool and i feel uh that uh just seeing mando getting swamped by people is wild um and that's probably gonna happen for the next couple of weeks so if you're like man i like have to rush and see mando Sounds like he's going to be there for a while. So I would not, you know, kind of be like, oh, no, like I like have to, you know, be on the next plane and go see him because it sounds like he will be there for for, for a while. And then you have um, you have him carrying Grogu. That's great. Uh, the the puppet is adorable. It's it's the same one that they have over at at at, at Disneyland. So it's the same thing. The only thing that throws people off is over which you know some people find it kind of controversial what i'm about to say but uh, over at disney world at our galaxy's edge it's more canon than the one they have at disneyland and the reason why is because we have the halcyon and we haven't been doing anything with mando or or boba fett or fennec shand when at disneyland they do all that and it's because we have the halcyon and when people go in the Halcyon, they are coming off the ship specifically to the timeline that the Halcyon is on. So I'm really curious on how they're going to deal with that in the future. Even though he just walks around the marketplace and everything and like in that area, it's great. It's wonderful. 
But going forward, I think it's going to be really interesting if they're going to be, you know, maybe testing the waters and be like, maybe we should change the timeline of Galaxy's Edge uh, or the Halcyon or something like like going forward because it's great seeing Mando. It's great seeing Mando walk around. And I, as much as I love the sequels, I think the Mandalorian and the timeline of the Mandalorian in is more interesting um, in, 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 in my opinion. And I think going forward, uh, just seeing the the crowds gather around one guy holding, you know, Grogu in his satchel, I think yeah. that's a that's a big indication that change might be coming uh, in 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 the future. So that's something to look forward to. Um, uh, yeah, and then we've got. You're curious on why Daisy Ridley's not going to be a celebration. Yeah, they made some more announcements uh, that uh, Michelle Ang and I believe Simon Cassinetti's, who plays Axe Woe, yeah. will be signing. And then we kind of had the, uh, there was some speculation out there that they stopped announcing people. But uh, we all know that Daisy Ridley's from that area and that'd be a great opportunity for her to like kind of capitalize on that and not have to travel, but she just traveled all the way across the world to go to Lucasfilm for a visit. So I don't know. It's to me, she it's one of those really things do cons though. Like, I mean, I think celebration makes sense because of star Wars, but she doesn't do signings or, 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 or like the normal photo ops like the other actors do. And neither does Oscar Isaac uh, or John, or John Boyega could that change in the future? Maybe, but I'm not surprised that that she won't well, the, be there. Well, I think the people you listed are constantly, like constantly working on location, on set, doing something. Yeah, um, it shocked me tremendously to see Felicity Jones there and to see, um, I'm blanking on the name. Help me out, Colin. Say um, it, Sagrera. Oh, um, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah, Forrest Whitaker signing as well. That was awesome. He's also in the video games. He voiced Saw Guerrera, and of course, he's back in Andor, um, which I love. I'm glad that they didn't like. He didn't be like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna pass this time. But yeah, I, I, I would think Daisy would want to sign. I mean, she, she has to know that she has a ton of fans that want to get pictures and sign. And then she sees Ewan do it and Aiden do it. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things. So, <laughs> leading into the next question off of YouTube from uh, Evan Opaker. Oh my goodness! Uh, you have no idea how excited David and I are for this because we're like, I, I, all right. So, kind of a backstory. In 2017, I, um, I got a photo op with Hayden, and then in this past year over at um, Anaheim. Uh, David got a picture with you and, and he also got something signed as well. This year we're doing a photo op, which is the first time that the, these two are actually doing like a, like a public photo op for like, you know, with people to buy and everything. And David and I are doing that with you and, and Hayden together. That's like a childhood dream for mine. And that's definitely gonna, you know, I'll probably walk out shedding a tear because these, you know, these actors shaped the Star Wars of my generation. 
and uh and it's also kind of full circle because when i first met david i met hayden and then this past celebration he met you and now we're meeting the opposite two of the people that we've met before uh and then we're also meeting other people from our childhood which is andy circus uh also known as Gollum and Smeagol from from Lord of the Rings, and he's shaped the entire um, motion capture, uh, the whole motion capture business. Um, have you seen, you know, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, um, Planet of the Apes, uh, King Kong, that was him. Uh, so go and check out the projects. But yeah, no, super, super exciting stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think this Facebook user on here, he hasn't registered to, for his name to appear on the podcast, but he says greetings from Norway. I believe that's Jim from Norway. He's the one that designed our original logo. Oh. And uh, hello. He he works in uh, in the filmmaking business, and he's had uh, several things get really big. And it, I, I believe he worked on Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That's cool. And uh, also worked on one of the I I believe it's uh, Wolf Viking. Oh, okay. Uh, a movie he had on Netflix. Oh, yeah, that yep. was number one for a little while. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, they just confirmed yeah. it to me. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, it's it's like a month away, Colin. We're gonna be in London, man. So yeah, be there. Um, so I know you just got your passport, but I just got uh, email saying that mine's on the way. So, oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, that's one thing I was kind of worried about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I posted it. I was so excited, man, to get it, to get it oh, yeah. like a month in advance, man. I posted yeah. this on Facebook. I was like, I got it, man. Nope. This was the one thing that I was like the most worried about before going on the trip because I got my passport really late. I ordered the expedite service and I paid extra for that. But I was just so worried about this thing, not getting this thing in time. Because without a passport, you absolutely cannot go overseas, right? You can't yeah. travel no, anywhere. No, no. And I mean, un, uh, unless you travel all the way, like, you know, back in the 1930s and you're Indiana Jones <laughs> and you're on a cargo plane or something. <laughs> so my brother was talking to me about, like, having a birth certificate on me and trying to use that. But I'm not sure if that even works. So No, no. I mean, again, I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah. guys. Star celebration is around the corner. We've got so much Star Wars news on the way. We've got episodes dropping every week on Wednesday um, uh, for for our live stream. And then it, it comes out Thursday the next day. And then we do our, our breakdowns. Um, I know David's smiling because someone just said <laughs> celebration needs to come to Texas. I don't know why you're trying to suck up the David, but okay. Um, but <laughs> well, Mob Rules, I think, yeah. lives yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. my area, too. Yeah, funny. And man, yeah, we need a celebration to Texas, man. Yeah. Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, even Houston. I'll go to that one too. I well, was in Houston yesterday. Well, there's time because Star Celebration is skipping a year. It's not happening in in in, in 2024. We'll get it back in 2025. We don't know where it's going to be. Big guess is going to be Orlando. That makes the most sense. But what's also great about that is it gives you time to save up and everything. Um, and work on costumes, do what you have to do. Um, just get ready for that uh, possible announcement at the end of the celebration of where it's going to be. Yeah. Exciting, exciting stuff. Yeah, to have it in the middle of the country, too. I mean, we already had it in Chicago. That was the yeah. north, kind of towards the middle. Now we can have it in like, Listen, Dallas. that was great for me. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I need my only... celebration close by now. Yeah, I know. But to me, that, that was like a... 
two and a half hour drive. And I was so happy because like I could just take my armor in the car and just drive there. I mean, I could do that for in any celebration that isn't overseas, but that was great. No Max Rabo news, unfortunately. I'm I'm still waiting for the episode of the of the Mandalorian when, when they go to Tatooine and we just get a drive-by shot of of like we like see the ship and then you just see Max just kind of you know he's just on the street just kind of walking around and I think that would just be amazing and then I would be able to you know pause it do a live stream saying in all your faces no i'm just kidding but uh yeah no i, yeah, I just got and... two more things colin okay i want right. to give a shout out to joseph shirley who uh, <laughs> took over for uh ludwig Gorenson for mandalorian season three i don't think anyone noticed that ludwig didn't do the scoring so it's kind of seamless kind of handoff there and also if you go on amazon right now you can buy a bo katan or a fennec shan funko pop for only 2.99 the That's limit is deal. three though so yeah. I tried to buy like ten, but it was like limited <laughs> to three. So, uh, they um th- they also have a store on um like if you have Disney Plus and you go to to the area where where the Mandalorian is, they actually have a link directly to the store where they've got exclusive um stuff like you know kind of different different stuff for the Mandalorian on there. Yeah. So mine already came in, so I already got the Bo-Katan pop. There you go. And since I told you I got three of them, there's actually a possibility to get a limited edition one, which is a, a limited edition chase figure. And it just so happened that uh, one out of the, th- of the three was the chase figure. There you go. So I got that. And of course, they got the Fennec Shand as well. So I'm showing it right now right here on video on YouTube. So there you go. I got there that go. one as well. Exciting so, yeah. stuff. Yeah, I got three of each. And uh, that is it for the Star Wars Stuff podcast. And thank you for all your love and support. Like I said earlier, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel or anywhere else you're watching us on video, please subscribe, like, comment. Drop a comment below on YouTube for sure if you're watching us on YouTube. It helps out the uh, algorithm there for the show. And, of course, check us out on Instagram, Star Wars Stuff Podcast, Twitter, at StuffPod course check out our patreon page i have tons of videos now that i need to edit and upload a lot of our story stuff colin has gone to galaxy's edge he sent some videos in i need to upload those i'll probably do a couple today hopefully Uh, my interview with leilani shu should be up there shortly uh we're also on tiktok you can email us at uh, star stuff podcast at gmail have a terrific facebook group tim sites is on there he's always dropping a lot of stuff helping us out. Also go to Apple and uh, leave us some reviews. We've got some pretty good reviews lately with five stars. Also go to Spotify where you can follow us there and you can rate us there. Definitely do that on Spotify. Even if you don't listen on Spotify, that'll really help out the podcast. And we have a uh, Star Wars gaming channel on Twitch that uh, will randomly go in. Do we have a set schedule for that or is that kind of... Uh, it's um, uh it's been coming and going. We are kind of getting into that more set schedule now going forward. Um, I just had a, I just had a gaming type meeting with everyone on, on our team over there. So things will yeah. go back to normal on that. But yeah. So like, yeah, man, Liam, Evan, see you in a few weeks, man. Can't wait. Um, it should be awesome. Terrific. Mind blowing. The uh, celebration, maybe of a lifetime, man. 
who knows what's going to happen after that. Maybe, maybe a celebration in Texas, hopefully. So for Colin, my name is David. May the force be with you. <laughs>